Selfies on the daily that ain't breaking no laws. So don't judge the life of the fake Facebook man pretending to be happy like no one else can. We want to thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight for Kins and Clomp Live. My name's Jamie Clomp, and Mark and I always appreciate when uh, people join us for any of the stream shows. Now, we just wanted to say beforehand that we know that the topic tonight is extremely sensitive and highly debated in our community. And Mark and I are here to hopefully engage in a positive discussion with both sides of the perspectives. But the one thing Mark and I were talking about today is that Sometimes it's difficult to understand where people are coming from. If you or a family member have suffered with mental illness or substance abuse, it'd be difficult to understand your perspective if you have not suffered through those things. If you have not been a small business owner and had your, uh, your small business vandalized, destroyed, or been subject to violence because you're a small business owner, It'd be difficult to understand their perspective if you have not been through those things. So we hope tonight is the beginning of a positive discussion, which is a highly debated topic in our area. And once again, uh, welcome to the show. We appreciate everyone joining us. 
How you doing, Mr. Kinsman? How you doing there, uh, Mr. Klomp? Very well said. And again, yes, uh, a very uh, touchy subject here in our uh, city. But again, we're we're here to hear from all sides. Wanted to get uh, you know people from the living space on our show, but they declined to get on our show and said, you know, we can read uh, the statement that was put out back on Friday. So we'll we'll try to get through as much. You know, uh, much of the comments as we can. Again, if you're you're posting, you can be a part of our show, and uh, we're going to bring our guests on uh, the panel in uh, just uh, a few moments here as we uh, dive into uh, tonight's big show. I uh, want to thank our sponsors, uh, Timmins RV. They've got the Get S'more event on right now. Make sure you uh, go and uh, price out your uh, brand new RV because guess what? It's uh, do not pay for six months, $1,000 cash back. Thanks again, Timmins RV, for hopping on board. also want to thank The Surge, uh, Kim and the staff at The Surge, our new home. That's uh, the new Timmins tenure for Kins and Klomp Live. Can't wait till uh, things ease. We're going to be back in there with live shows, variety shows. We'll even take our trivias in to The Surge. Very exciting stuff. And again, we can't uh, do this show without people like The Surge and the Sports Lounge here in the city. And we can't uh, do this show without the, the man who gives his shirt off his back every single time, uh, Martin Peel from Pads Canine Protection and Detection Services, who is the, the jack of all trades and the master of all of them. Uh, some think, uh, you know, when he first uh, came here, uh, you know, and started up his business, you know, security. Now he's doing canine training. He's got search and rescue dogs, uh, brand new to the city. This uh, this man does it all. You know, he's in charge of the school crossing uh, guards when, uh, you know, school crossing guards are, you know, back at it again when we uh, get back to school. And also, if you need dog tags or cat tags, you can also pick them up because he's a part of the, the new bylaws here in the city with animal control. So once again, thanks to uh, Martin Peel from Pads Canine Protection and Detection services all right you're pretty good at reading those commercials there kinsman it's like maybe you did them on the radio for 20 some years or you, something. you think 20 20 24 years i was just looking at the calendar it's 24 yeah. years since I, I i cracked the mic for the first time and i'm still going do you miss telling people what the weather's going to be Let's no be no, you want to tell people right now just to get it out of your system. That's right. No, you know what? Just look at your iPhone. Everything is built <laughs> in. Yeah, there's no need for weather on uh, on the radio. Yeah. All right. Except, uh, when it's you know blustery outside and they say the wrong temperature, that that you know, then you're looking at your iPhone anyway, right? So there we go. The the the, the trusty iPhone. That's where my whole life is. Okay, so you want to introduce our guests because we have a, a fairly big panel tonight, and I'm going to pop them all on. And uh, we'll, we'll do this in a round table because I don't know if you've been part of Zoom meetings. Most people yes. have uh, been part of Zoom meetings the last 13 or so months. And when everyone talks at once, it's like it's a disaster. It's like all my kids asking for something at once. So we'll do it as a round table. We'll ask <laughs> questions at once and we'll go around and around. And uh, let's bring them on, Kinsman, and you can introduce all, all our guests. All right. Should, should we go through, uh, you know, obviously get people up to speed on the living space and read a, a few of the statements from the living space side first before getting into the debate? Well, I think we should introduce who we have on the panel. Okay, we can, we can introduce the panel. Yeah, I know we've got uh, Chris Lamarche. There he is, there on the uh, the bottom left of your screen. Chris, uh, I, I call him. He's a part of the the power duo over there on Wilson. Uh, he's uh, obviously married to uh, Melissa Lamarche at Spoiled Rotten, and uh, Chris with uh, innovative audio uh, performance, mobile audio performance. Chris, am I getting the the title correct? Yes, sir. Excellent stuff. He's uh, going to be joining us on the panel. We've also got uh, Andre Andre Gagnon from TNS Variety. <laughs> Here in the city, 
Looks like he was just frozen a minute ago, but uh, he'll unfreeze. We'll see Andre in just a few seconds. And we also have, uh, who's that down there? Dave, Dave Vecchino. Yeah. Now, I'm just working on, because I think we have some, uh, uh, a microphone interference, just trying to figure out who that is. And, and Dave, you want to do us a favor? Are you able to tilt your phone widescreen? Then we can see, oh, there we go. We got more of your, of your beautiful face now. <laughs> Turn it off. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Okay, well, let's. I think we should start with Chris. So, first of all, thanks for joining us, uh, all three of you gentlemen. We really appreciate uh, you guys coming on. Uh, we know it's been a pretty hot topic for a while, especially the last couple days with the expansion. So, maybe Chris, if you can give us like an introduction to you know who you are. I know we uh, we know you're a business owner in this community, but some folks may not know that. And uh, what has been your you know your experience and perception of, you know, living space and how is that, how has that affected your business? If it has so uh, I'm actually not representing my business today as we're pretty far away from that and don't really see much, much effects from it. Uh, we actually own the building directly beside living base um, owned by LaMarche management, my father and I, um, mm -hmm. And we've been extremely affected by it from day one. Uh, losing tenants that have been there for 20 plus years, multiple tenants, um, thousands of dollars in damage and having to spend thousands of dollars to try to protect our current tenants by mm -hmm. building walls, installing security cameras, extra doors, extra locks, um, just to make our tenants that are there feel safe. And you haven't been able to, you haven't been able to lease oh, out I that property in how many years now? Hello. Hey, yeah, Chris, can you still hear us? Oh, he may have his, his mic on mute. No. Do, you have mic, do you have your mic on mute there? Uh, your speakers on mute, Chris? Nope. Okay. I can oh. hear now. Okay, perfect. So what Mark's question was, have you had difficulty leasing out that building that you own? Uh, 100%. So yeah. we have three vacant spots currently um, that have been vacant for 20 plus months. Mm -hmm. um, our main thing when people call us, and it's, I mean... We, we don't lie to our tenants to just try to get it rented is how bad is living space? Why did the last people leave? Um, and we're honest with them. And obviously that's making it really hard for us to, to lease to anybody. So uh, at any point, you know, and I'm sure you've done this, but tell us if you have, have, have you gone to talk to the living space management and tried to address your concerns with them? And if you have, what were their responses mm -hmm. So we've had multiple emails um, sent out to Jason, um, the manager, I guess, of Living Space, Mayor Peary, <clears throat> Gilles Bisson, Charlie Angus. I've been to the city of Timmins Police Station to try to find a solution or something that we can do to, to make it uh, easier for our tenants to be there and live and not live in fear. And we're normally met with the response of, it's out of our hands, there's not much we can do. 
Right. And so these are multiple conversations you had with different people of influence in the city and nothing has changed. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Well, we, we definitely see, see how that could be frustrating. So you like to recap, you, you have a building that you're trying to lease out and you can't because of the stuff that's going on in, in the surrounding area. And, and, and was this stuff, did you own the building before living space was there or just, yeah. Yeah. So, so my father's owned the building for 30, probably 35, 36 years now. Uh, I actually lived in that building for about 10 years um, from when I was in college from probably about 18 till whatever, 20 something years old. Um, and I never had an issue walking outside down the alleyway to my car, which is where our parking lot is. And um, <clears throat> now it's a problem. We actually, one of our tenants that we lost was Fontaine and Associates um, due to their employees feeling unsafe walking after work down to the parking lot. Uh, and the owner, Joel, actually having to come back to work every night to walk them down to their vehicles. So when it comes to, um, you, you know, the safety of the business you, you, you see with, with, with the re, you know the relocation of the 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 living space now to spruce south now they're they're promising you know in the the, the statement that was put out by the living space on uh, on friday stating that they're going to provide green space they're going to assure that the alleys are lit um ha has there been any type of you know green space have they have they done anything since uh, you know, for, for the current building, like moving forward, what uh, what needs to be done so uh, this doesn't happen, you know, as it continues down uh, Spruce South here in the city? Uh, I think Chris is having a couple of technical issues, but maybe we can we, maybe we can ask that question of Andre because, you know, uh, Andre is a business owner where the... Uh, the expansion of living space is going to be in that community. So, Andre, ha have you had a chance to speak with the living space management about your concerns yet? And if not, can you share with us what your concerns are? Well, I haven't talked to nobody at all about uh, living space. Um, concerns. Well, Chris just said it all. It's... Uh, Gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a nightmare. It's uh, my biggest concern is the kids, the elderly. I can't hear anything. Um, school buses are picking up 15, 20 kids. Um, that's my main concern. Down mm -hmm. the street with our uh, business, yeah. Uh, lived the uh, people ODing in front of the store, and we got robbed four or five times in a year. Uh, the OD right in front of the store, three guys. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we've seen some effects of uh, what the opioid and drug problem is but let it be known that uh, I have nothing against the homeless mm -hmm. uh, my philosophy on it is if you have a homeless person and an addict together is a recipe for disaster mm -hmm. just one's, one's a uh, is so different than the other one, and it's a it's a it's an easy fix if you ask. Six year old can think about it. I got a solution, but my working so far. 
But I just feel for the people that are around that haven't got notified from the city. I know zoning didn't have that's that's the one there that gets me. The zoning they didn't have the, they did everything by zoning and by then they don't have a uh, they don't need to contact anybody to let them know that they're moving in our neighborhood. That's mm-hmm. just that's an easy way out to cop out. So it's, the, uh, it's the just question. wrong. It's just like let people know what's going on. We the people, I guess, uh, in Canada. Yeah. Go ahead. The, the question I have for you is, Andre, you know, part of the living space communication, they have said they're going to reach out with their neighbors and people in the area. So if they reached out to you as a business owner in the area where the expansion is, would you be willing to work with them? And if you had any suggestions for them, what would you be? I hear someone typing. Someone is typing yeah. on your end. Yeah. We can hear you typing. That's okay. I didn't type. Uh, um, no, nobody's reached out. Of course, if they come and talk to us, uh, my wife and I would gladly hear them out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to be just, it's going to be a disaster all over again. Where can they change? What are they going to change? You haven't told us nothing. You t- no, nobody has said nothing to Chris uh, about what was going to happen from for his building. And uh, it's downtown Timmins. They're shooting up in the laneways, right? At, right, actually, right in back of City Hall. I, I don't know. You're going to tell me moving him into a neighborhood is going to fix things for the community? It's no disrespect. Everybody's got a problem in life, guys. Everybody. Like, there's other ways of doing this. Put them to work. Yes, homeless people. Yes, house them, but get them a job. You know, and uh, also an attic. You know, there's a place on Airport Highway, the old Milson Forestry. Big warehouse. There you go. There's a place for them. Get them the, the help they need. And guess what? They can grow trees, vegetables, help themselves, make them feel positive. That's my take. It's going to be a recipe for disaster. Timmins police are going to be busy around here because they'll be calling. There'll be all sorts of stuff. And Chris knows this firsthand. What what I'm thinking is maybe maybe they need more people in there to help manage. Maybe it's uh, being undermanaged. Maybe there's too much on the plate because, you know, the, the living space does uh, include, you know, there's some great programs that the living space offers for, you know, the less fortunate and the homelessness and the addicts here in the city. Uh, community outreach, uh, referral and crisis intervention, uh, drop-in emergency shelter, rapid rehousing coordination, transitional housing. They go uh, down the list with indigenous bail, uh, indigenous bail verification and supervision, health services and primary care, lived uh, experience-led initiatives, and community training and development. So, you know, somewhere the train has, you know, is starting to come off the tracks. Do they need better management to, you know, to, to better these people when they do come into the service to make sure when they leave that, you know, they're not uh, causing destruction here in the city? 
Well, maybe that's a good good question for Dave because we haven't had a chance to introduce him, and maybe he can say, you know, what his you know his experience here here in the city as uh, you know as a business owner and, and your experience with uh, Living Space. So so welcome, Dave. Sorry it took so long to 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 get around to your box. <laughs> that's all right, not a problem. Yeah. So maybe if you want to introduce yourself first, and then uh, a couple of the points that Mark brought up, do you think uh, it's going to be effective? Uh, yeah. Uh, hi everyone, uh, David. I'm a uh, independent business owner here in town. My my so my family they've owned uh, a business here for probably the better part of 60, 70 years. I, I own a couple of buildings just down the street uh, from Living Space. One right directly about a block and block away on Cedar, and then down on Maple. Um, they're you know they're they're family units. One's a three bedroom home, and the other one's a two two you know two two bedroom uh, apartment building. I've owned them before Living Space rolled in. And obviously, I understand that, you know, uh, drug addiction is one thing, mental health is another, and homelessness is another. And sometimes they do end up crossing each other, and that's not, you know, of anyone's fault. Um, then again, some people have made that choice. What's getting extremely difficult is trying to keep people in the buildings that the city wants taxes for. They want water and sewer for. They want us to maintain it and upkeep it. Uh, they've been looking for, uh, you know, kind of geared to income housing. They want that from us, the people that are investing in the city, the people that, that you know, make it possible for these programs to exist. But on the backside, they don't give us any support. Mm -hmm. You roll in, you talk to them, you talk to the bylaw, people are boarding up their houses. It, it just creates a, I guess, a situation for bad things to happen. Um, I can't keep tenants longer than anywhere between six and 12 months. I'd probably get them to sign a year lease, show them, show them the buildings. They like it. Then all of a sudden, six months in, you know, uh, tenant with the daughter, they're cleaning up needles. I tell them that, you know, you got to call living space. You got to call the police. Sometimes they show up. Sometimes they don't, uh, you know, people living up, living in boarded up houses, sneaking in the backyard. There just seems to be no recourse for the, the owners or the, the business owners, the renters, to get anything solved, mm -hmm. kind of like I said, we're just at our at our end of what, what we can and can't do. There's really there's no help on that side, right? And and once again, like you know, what all of you mentioned is that you you do care about you know solving the homelessness issue, and you do understand that people do suffer from mental health issues and. It, addiction um, is a very difficult thing to overcome. But the offset of it is that all of you have invested in this community as business owners, invested in this community with families, and you want something better from your community. And we hear from business owners all the time. Mark and I haven't experienced this because we, you know, our business is in our homes. But we hear from business owners with physical locations in the area, they've tried to approach the living space management before and either they're not listening to them or nothing has changed. So has that been your experience also? It has. I never really reached out to living space directly. I went through, you know, the, the ward counselors and kind of people that I you know, know the work at the city. I've done my calls to the bio officers and try and follow all that. Um, and again, I've gone to the ends of what I can do on that sort of le legality or that, you know, following the, the red tape type system. Yeah. And I think 
a lot of people forget that, you know, mental health, homelessness and drug addiction, they're mutually exclusive. Not all three of them are the same thing. Yes, there are exceptions where some it's mental health and they become addicted to drugs and of no fault of their own. Um, but like I said, some people just make that choice. So for for us to loop them all together is very difficult. And I, I want to be clear that that's not, I believe, what Chris or Andre or any of the business owners or the people that have started this position or petition are trying to do. Mm-hmm. They need to probably figure out how to separate that and get people the help that they need. Now, are the resources available from the provincial and federal government? I don't know. Probably not. We're strapped pretty, we're strapped pretty tight with the way some of that goes. But something needs to be done. And having these in the downtown core are not good for anybody. It's not good for population increase. It's not good for business thriving. It's not good for their tax base where they need the money to fund these processes to keep our infrastructure up to date. So it, it's a it's a lesson in economics as well as um, you know I, I'll call it emotional economics at the same time. We need to be able to have a a balance between the two. You need money to run the, to run these services, but these services need to respect the people that pay the taxes to run the services. And it's not it's not there. It's not a 50-50 split. It, it seems that they maybe the police are they're underpowered, they've got too many calls, there's too much going on. I don't know what the problem is. I'm not on that side of it. I just see it from the property owner side. And you know, the bill collectors don't stop. I can't get it rented, I can't sell it, but you guys still want your money. Uh you need to help us out here. Yeah, it's got to be a bit of a bit of take on either end. To you know, obviously there should be maybe a, a newer mandate put in place, maybe to to lessen the blow for you know tenants or not just tenants, but uh, the land uh, you know the landlords who own the properties here in the city. For yeah, I mean, you know, Chris has put tons of money into his building to make it safe. You know, I'm looking at redoing the fence and putting in cameras while I look to see, look for that $5,000 grant. I'm, I'm not at, my buildings aren't in, aren't in the area. It's a block and a half away from City Hall. How am I not in the problem area? I don't understand why they pigeonhole a lot of these things to get owners uh, the money that they need to put in security cameras or put in fencing. I mean, uh, you know, the cost of lumber right now to put in a fence, it's, it's, <laughs> it costs like Ridiculous. 20 grand to put in a fence right now in my backyard. <laughs> I don't, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have to do that. A business owner shouldn't have to do that to protect their property from, uh, from the, the people that living space has brought in, you know, um, it's, it's very difficult. Not that the neighborhood was top notch to begin with, but it wasn't what it was. It's not what it was 10 years ago. Either. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's deteriorated. And so is it downtown and there's no businesses downtown. You can't walk down there on a Saturday at five o'clock in the afternoon. You're taking your life in your hands. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I wouldn't want to be, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be a single female or even a, even a single male right now walking downtown. It's, it's pretty scary. And the business that I work at now is in the corner of Pine and Second, and uh, it's entertaining sometimes looking out the window to see what's going on. Cops, ambulances, people kind of walking on the road. It's dangerous out there. And I think with living space going down on Spruce, if they manage it properly and it's actually used as a transitional place to get people up and working and maybe doing community cleanup or whatever um then it, it could be okay but it's it's dangerous for the drivers it's dangerous for the people walking on the streets and it's dangerous for the families mm-hmm. okay. may, may, may we switch right thank you so much like obviously you know you, 
you can tell Dave is, you know, put a lot of thought. He has a lot of experience. He, see, you know, speaks fair very well the issue. And one of the things, you know, I like, about, I love about all these perspectives is, is that it's not just poke and blame and get rid of. The business owners are, are talking from their heart and they tried solutions to fix some of the issues that they, they've had. But the frustration is they don't see any of the improvements and you know, the, these issues affect their income. They affect their families, affect their livelihood. So I have a question for Chris. Hopefully he could, uh, I wonder if he can hear us now. Let's can see. Can you hear us now? Uh, can you hear Chris, us now? Chris? Chris's mic's off there. Hey, my, turn your mic on there, Chris. Right, there he is. So Chris, I can, I can hear you guys now. Perfect. So, I mean, it's not a perfect world. We don't have one of these magic eight balls. I'm going to fix everything tonight. But it, what, if you were to ask, you know, if you had any any solutions to possibly try and make this better, would you have any off the top of your head you could share with us? I really don't know what they can do to make this better. Um, obviously, what they're doing right now is not working. So somebody needs to look into a different solution, a different way of doing things. Um there has to be a better way to do it uh, where it's not affecting everybody around. I mean, I realize these people, they need the help. Um, like David said, I couldn't hear Andre the whole time, but I'm sure he said something in that perspective too. Um, people need help. We just need to find a way to make it where everybody isn't suffering from the effects of it. Because I mean, we see it, we're right next door. Um, I have a tenant who called me just before the show and said, I heard you're going on this show on Facebook. And he said, if you wanted me to, I can send you some more pictures and videos from my front door of what happens every day. So there's no, there's no security at that building. There's nothing being done to limit this kind of activity around the neighborhood. Um, there is security there, but they rarely do anything. Um, what they can do to make it better I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Police's hands are tied. I'm I'm sure they're they're probably tired of arresting these people and the justice system letting them off. Or I'm not sure what what the solution is. To tell you the truth, you'd have to. Uh, I guess it'd be something they'd have to look into figuring out what the problems are and how they can correct them. Yeah. And now you had a pandemic into the mix and, you know, people who were on the brink of, you know, becoming homeless, you know, looking at a stat today, uh, you know, there's a majority of people who are a paycheck away from, you know, being in the shoes of, you know, needing, a, you know, a facility like the living space. And, you know, you had the pandemic into the mix. Now it's it's just uh, it's just increased you know, the demand for beds, you know, that's, you know, living space now moving from 30 beds to 50 when they do move down to uh, the Spruce location on, uh, you know, in, in May and then eventually at the end of October. Um, do, they they obviously need more, more do, you, do you think it's strict at more? Do they need more security? Would more security I, uh, cure the problem? I think they need more rules in place for, for, for it. Um, I know that the people that work there are working and they're trying their best to handle the situation. Whoever's giving them the authority to do whatever they're allowed to do. Um, but again, we have tenants who walk by that back area laneway and have actually called me and said, I seen people that work there that are watching these people do this. So I don't know if it's because they're not allowed to do anything, whether uh, it's just out of their hands and they, and they just not supposed to do anything. 
something has to get done. That's, that's so let there needs to be more rules in place. And yeah. if, if you don't follow the rules, I guess you can't come here. Let's take a look at some of the uh, the comments we're getting. So Barry says, winning community engagement involved living space appearing on the show. We agree, Barry. We spoke with Jason actually a couple times about coming on the show. Uh, we just spoke with him yesterday about coming on for tonight's episode, and they declined. He said they have their own communication plan. And we have told Jason multiple times that he's welcome to come on the show anytime if he, has, uh, if he feels it would be a good reach. But uh, absolutely, the Living Space or any of their representatives are always invited on the show. Uh, we definitely want to hear their perspective. Certainly. Uh, and, and, you know, Jay Jason stating, you know, go back to the, the statement that was released on Friday, which we're, you know, pulling some uh, stats from for tonight's show. Uh, Jason says uh, questions related to the community engagement can be directed directly to his email at uh, Jason at livingspacehub.org. So if you do have questions, uh, he says, uh, you know, another statement, he was on uh, a chamber event uh, earlier this afternoon stating he's going to reach out to the business community. And if anybody has any questions, comments, or concerns to, you know, to uh, send them his way and hopefully he'll, uh, he'll address them. But again, when it comes to addressing the situation, you know, the homelessness uh, is one thing. Addicts is another thing. You, you combine both of them and, you know, it's, yeah. it can be a, a double-edged sword. That, uh, and we just need to find, you know, the, the common ground in between. Okay, well, let's uh, so get a solution here for this. So and uh, Sue says, uh, I have family that live in the area and she doesn't come out of her apartment after three. She, she's that scared. And there's Gary Bailey. Uh, I've lived on third for seven years and the state of downtown has never been as bad as it's been in the last 18 months. And really, these are the people. It's easy for me to give a, an opinion, but I, I live in Porcupine. So I don't live around where living space. So would I be additionally concerned if my young child uh, was exposed uh, to the needles? Yes, it is. But it's different for me. But so it's very important that we listen to the people that live in the area and work in the area because they're they're exposed to this for the pros and the cons uh, consistently. So another one, you know, Guy LaMarche, my 89 year old mom used to enjoy walking home to downtown twice a day. She is now prohibited from going downtown, given that she would be an easy target. That's right. You know, it, you know, Martin says, I moved due to my clients were scared to come into that area. Uh, and again, Martin, Martin, originally, he, he, he was a tenant in your building, was he not, Chris, at one point? Yeah, he was. That's one of the tenants that left. Uh, I can openly say when Living Space was ran and owned by the CMHA, there was less issues. There were rules and fully qualified staff. So when did the transition take place? Do we know that? Um, not sure. Know. Susan says, uh, I, am, I am one who is not happy. This should not be put in a residential area where there are kids. Living spaces destroy the downtown and now branching out. Man, we, uh, we get bamboozled by this uh, mayor and council. When are they going to start looking out for the taxpayers? Again, Susan uh, Pellerin with a comment. Uh, Joanne says, I live near the men's shelter in South Porcupine. It was originally supposed to be women's and uh, children's <laughs> shelters, shelter, and the men's shelter was two blocks over. We were called heartless when we, were, when we fought not to have yet another shelter close to schools and businesses. We were called heartless. 
we had no issues with the homeless, just uh, the addicts in the area. And there's a comment from Melissa. Your other half there, uh, Chris. Uh, the amount of needles picked up around LaMarche uh, management weekly is astronomical. Imagine small children finding these and possibly picking them up in a neighborhood. This should not be allowed. And again, may, you know, is there a way, like, obviously, you know, addicts, it's hard to wean an addict off. You know, they're, they, they've got, you know, needles at their disposal. So I, I've seen multiple, you know, statements around the city stating maybe when they get a needle to get the newer needle, you have to bring the old needle back to, you know, prevent it from being littered on the, the street. Will, would, would that work? Or is that uh, just a ludicrous uh, thing to do? I would, uh, I would say that would be encouraging to them to be doing that. Because um, they're actually doing that right now, uh, from what I've been told. Um, we rent to the methadone clinic, which help people uh, with addiction. And uh, some of the workers there have told us that living space will actually give people who are bringing needles, uh, Tim Horton's cards to, to reward them for bringing needles. Rewarding somebody for that. I, I don't know if that's such a good idea. You're, you're promoting, I mean, you're, you're not, you're not doing anything to benefit them by giving them something in return for something horrible. I I want to I want to piggyback off of this comment from Melissa. So the best spot was that farm on the back road in South Porcupine where addicts went to work, earned their stay and had to become part of society. So maybe I'll I'll ask Dave, do do you think in, in your own opinion, do you think a part of the issue is accountability by the people that reside at living space? And B, like how, I guess it's not easy, but is it moving it to a location out of the downtown core? Is that just moving the problem? Or do you think that would um, help adjust this in a positive way? Well, I think to be, I think part of your responsibility as a citizen is to be accountable. So, you know, the, you've got the, the ones, okay, that have been, have worked for it, who are, who maybe some people will call lucky. Um, but they're still working and still contributing to society. So when somebody decides to live off the grid or ends up addicted and that sort of thing, they still need to be accountable for their actions mm -hmm. and who they are. So definitely if there is a program, I think that's in place where they would grow food or learn skills and be a way, you know, so that they aren't tempted to cause any of those violent crimes, you know, uh, stealing, break and enter, uh, assaults, that sort of thing then it would definitely, I would think it would work better, but by no means that, do I have a degree in psychology or anything like that to, to understand the thought process of, of an addict or somebody. But I think they, they definitely need to achieve something. Who who doesn't feel good about themselves when something's accomplished? Or who doesn't develop a skill to, to get back to, to get back to the society that, that has tried, maybe not always accomplished, but tried to help them in some sort of way. It's obviously a moving target. We're never going to get it 100% right. But I think we can definitely limit some of the exposure uh, to, to families, to children, to uh, business owners, uh, just regular people, if they are somewhere on the outskirts of the city. I'm not saying put them in the middle of nowhere, but somewhere that it's a little bit more difficult that you might have, they might have to walk to get to downtown, you know, that sort of thing. When it's 40 below outside, maybe second guessing trying to, to walk into Timmins or South Porcupine or something like that, right? But they definitely need to have a goal. Something needs to be achieved. Something needs to be learned. They, 
idle hands are the devil's playwork. So if you keep them busy, maybe you'll have big, better success stories than one in 700. That's right. Um, so Angie, Angie has a perspective, you know, wow, I cannot believe the stigma and discrimination I hear here. Uh, needle exchange does not work. Education does. So would you rather someone transmit HIV or hep C because they did not bring back their needle seriously? And, and Angie brings up a good point. You know, a, a, a lot of, a lot of us, and I'll, and I'll include myself in this, maybe not fully understand the complexity of mental health issues. Uh, we're not specialists. Um, you do more understand one, if you're a professional in that field or two, you yourself or a family member, a friend have struggled through mental health issues. Um, so yeah, you're right. People do. And maybe a lot of it is education would be part of the solution because I don't think it's a one tier solution. It's just not, moving people out of the city. It's just not extra security. It's just not more accountability. And it's just not education. It's probably a mix of everything that would have to come to a solution. But there, ha there has to be a change. I'm going to see if I can bring Andre back on. He was having a, a, a couple technical issues with, with some feedback, but we'll see. There's Andre can, there. Can you hear me, Andre? He's lost his audio on us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Good. So um, really? what what I was saying, my thought is like, once again, there's no easy solution. We know that it's a mix of things, you know, you know, education being one of them, because, you know, not everyone has a strong understanding of mental health and what people when they have a mental health disease or an addiction issue. Um, do, 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 do you think... Yeah. Do, do you think that would be part of the solution of, you know, furthering educating the public and the surrounding areas of what these individuals have to live with on a daily basis? Yeah. No. Yeah. Of course. Everything is everything is out there for them already and for the people to educate themselves already. It's been like that since we've had an opioid problem. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, if we want to get personal, I I've been uh, I've been there. I've been an addict. Uh, I've uh, I've done it. It's uh, it, it's not fun. It's hard. It's mm -hmm. uh, very uh, you know. It's 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 crazy life. It's been over thirty something years. I'm uh, clean and sober, and I'm proud of it. But homeless pe people and addicts are people that are people. It's human nature for us to help each other, not to go mm -hmm. against everybody. I want the best for them. Mm -hmm. And I hope that people understand that. But to move them into a neighborhood with kids, it's, it's wrong. It's, I hope you guys agree. Like, it's wrong. Look at, uh, you know, look at downtown. Uh, Dave is right. It's a ghetto. It's a ghetto. It's, the city has not done anything about that. Nothing. All talk, no action. Bring it back the way it used to be 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Walking down 3rd Avenue was a great place to be at one time. And we let that go. We, we got to stick together. Yes, help them out, of course. But we can't be uh, thinking that we don't have, uh, nobody's educated and stuff because it's, it is. People are educated. They just had enough. I think 
I think uh, Will has an excellent comment there, Mark. You know, one can't give the homeless four walls and say they have solved the homelessness issue. Uh, tackle the root causes uh, before causing the remainder of community financial, emotional, or physical grief. And uh, I don't know how we start that because it seems to be a, a, a pretty big divide. How? Maybe I'll ask that question to Chris. And we ask you guys some pretty heavy questions here, <laughs> but you know, there is this, you would admit that there's a, a divide right now, Chris, like there's the frustration of the, you know, community business owners and, and, and residents in the area and those, um, you know, at living space. Um, what would be the first step to break that barrier? Um, open, honest discussions. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the stuff's being swept under the rug that should be talked about, that should be shown to people to make them aware of what's actually happening. You know, denying the truth is, is a lie, right? Like we're not, we're not asking you guys to reinvent the wheel. We just want to know what's happening, what the truth and we want solutions. And of course, bettering it for, you know, the business owners in the community for everybody, right? Again, we're not opposed oh, to, you know, we all want to help the homeless. We all want to help the addicts. We all want to help people get back on their feet. But is there a, a common ground where we could, you know, obviously, you know, with uh, the NDP running up here with Jill Bisson and Charlie Angus, you know, what can the governments do to, you know, to better the services that we already have? that obviously aren't working because, you know, I'm guessing, you know, adding more security and more everything, even, you know, bright lights, this, it all costs money, right? Where's that money coming from? Absolutely. To make things safer. And I mean, maybe like a point, like Martin said, maybe it's a lack of trained staff or a, a lack of finances to have the proper people in place to take care of these situations. Maybe that's what's missing. Uh, until everybody's honest and open with what's happening, we're not going to know. There's a comment there from uh, Lisa online there. She says, put these homeless to work during the day, get them cleaning up the neighborhood, get them cleaning up the needles, get them making our community beautiful again, give them something to do. They have nothing to do all day because they're kicked out at 7.30 in the morning till eight o'clock at night with nowhere to go. So again, maybe with the, the programs that they do have in place with the living space, we, we need to make it more, uh, I guess, more encouraging. And, you know, put uh, and make sure that they, you know, you're following a step-by-step -step process to get yourself better. Obviously, you're going there to get help. You know, obviously, the end result would be to, you know, to get off the, you know, the, the needs of the living space to move forward. So maybe more programs, better programs, uh, more people uh, into these programs need to be, you know, they have to go back to the grassroots and uh, say, okay, we've we've tried this. It's not working. So let's try these programs again, you know, attacking it with a, a different angle. So, uh, you know, it's a win-win situation for everybody. There's uh, Colin. I worked at the movie theater for the last eight years in the past and the past year or so, especially right before the lockdowns. It was really bad. Many nights I would stay late with customers waiting for rides as they didn't feel safe. I also had to call many times for needles in the parking lot and the alleyway. There's almost nowhere kids are safe to go and play. It's ridiculous. So I get the question I have, if you have to make the phone call for needles in the alleyway, is that a phone call to living space? And 
if it is, how responsive are they? Do, does Chris or David or Andre, do you have any experience with calling Living Space for, for needle, uh, for disposing of the needles? I've always called the tenants police. I haven't called anybody else. Okay. And, and they're usually fairly effective of getting someone there and, and, and cleaning it up? All the times that I've had to call, like in the past they were, but I mean, I, for what they're dealing with, I believe they're understaffed. So the response time is, is sometimes slow. Uh, my last tenant was picking them up herself mm -hmm. uh, and she had a young daughter. Like, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess this is a question for everybody too, but I mean, if, if a child or somebody ends up stepping on a needle or stabbing themselves and ends up with a blood disorder or HIV, who's legally responsible for that? I know for one that it, it's not going to stop with me. Yeah, you're right. Like, I'll be going. I'll be going after somebody's head. That's that's an innocent person's life that they're dealing with. So I can imagine that a parent who's five year old or ten year old is playing in the park and stabbed with a needle. It's not going to be anything that's that's good for living spaces, uh, good for DSAB, good for the city, good for anybody. Mm -hmm. So there's got to. I mean, I think they should really take a look at their legal standpoint on that too. And figure out their rules and regulations. Uh, you, you know, it's a good point. We, I know we, I know Martin Peel's watching, and he owns a security company, so he may be able to shed some perspective on that. We'll wait for his comment. That is a great question. I, I see this coming up often, and I don't know whether this is true or just rumors. But you know, they ask how many residents in a living space are Timmins residents, or do they come from mostly out of town? Now, Jason's not, in all fairness, Jason's not here to speak to this. He would be the right person to ask. Mm -hmm. But uh, I hear this often. They say that, you know, we're bringing in people from other communities. And maybe that's the right thing to do. But the other perspective is, you know, people are saying this is the root cause of the problem. Have you, um, have you, Chris, you know, have you, do you have a perspective on this? Uh, do you have any knowledge about this or is it just rumors? Yeah, I don't have any first-hand knowledge from yeah. from how it's actually done. I know uh, I've I've heard just like you and everybody else probably that people get sent here on buses and whatnot. Now, whether that's true or not, I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, yeah. Pretty much the same knowledge as you're getting, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's right. But back to back to uh, just the needle situation there. So we we actually put in a complaint to Living Space probably two years ago now. Um, because there was an area that was very bad in our, uh, at our building. And they ended up actually screwing a needle bin to my wall, uh, which, uh, which is not what I asked for. Uh, I had asked them to pick them up, but they thought it'd be a good idea to screw a needle bin to my wall. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, so they made a step. It wasn't the uh, the the solution. So Not the solution you were looking for in that uh, in that situation. Do we have any more comments there, uh, Jamie? Yeah, we have a bunch. Sylvie. She says, "I believe the executive director is part of the problem by not implementing rules for his residents." To, to follow or, you know, enforcing uh, the rules. Uh, Jor Bray uh, says, I would rather my children not have to see the crap surrounding drug addicts, period. My kids come before someone's drug addiction. So, yeah, I guess no uh, sympathy for them. Jackie. Jackie says, I'm curious about the, the six bail beds in living space. Why is this never mentioned? What uh, what are the six bail beds? Does anyone? I'm not even familiar. Are those what, people waiting uh, waiting for a court case? Is that uh, I'm I'm guessing. 
with Vale. Can, can Jackie elaborate on that? Uh, Janice says they need a secured facility where they aren't allowed to leave, do programming through the facility, can't leave until you complete the program and programs to integrate them back into the community because doing the drugs, etc., is the only way of life they know, and it's sad, and most of them are bust here due to uh, other places experiencing an overflow. And obviously right now we're dealing with an overflow because we need more beds, which uh, the new uh, facility is going to now cater to 50 beds on uh, Spruce South. Uh, Lisa says they are bringing uh, people from other communities. It is on the Living Space link as well as another page for the city. And what they're saying is we're looking for homes so uh, for them so they don't become homeless. Here instead, let's not bring these people to Timmins. Let's take care of our own homelessness and then take care of those outside of Timmins, which... You know, is uh, a lot. A lot of people think uh, like like Lisa and Angie says. Why not get uh, actual evidence-based information from cities and organizations that have made changes? I understand the frustration of discarded needles. Children and parents should not have to worry about that. You cannot make change for others if you cannot change your own mentality. And there's Martin Keel. Just confirming that oh, the bathrooms are upstairs. So I guess that's separate from the other residents. I assume he means there. I've called Living Space for a needle. Took a day or two for someone to come. When they did, they made me feel like I was inconveniencing them because it was just one needle. They left me with a small yellow sharp container and told me to use tongs or pliers to pick them up uh, myself next time. Uh, no sympathy until it becomes your child. Sure hope you never have lived the nightmare with your child. They need a proper treatment management. So once again, I think that that's a big understanding comment. If you have kids in the neighborhood where living space is, is going to be, you're going to have a different opinion. If you have a business in this area, you're going to have a different opinion because it directly affects you. If you've right. suffered from mental health or addictions, or if you have family members or friends that have, you're going to have a different opinion because it has a direct effect. Um, not everyone is going to be of the same opinion. And we're seeing that, you know, dramatically with this topic. But I, I think the overall perspective, what I've seen, and, and maybe I'll, I'll ask Dave again, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, it, it's not good versus bad, right, Dave? It's not we are heartless to their issues. It's just, you know, you as a business owner, as a community member, have your concerns and you don't feel what's currently in place is working. Would that be a correct assumption? Uh, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. We're, I don't believe anybody is, is uh, hateful of what, of, of what these people are going through. Uh, do we have a firsthand understanding of what they're going through? Um, no, I can't speak from that personally. I haven't had to deal with those issues. Um, you know, lucky or whatever the case may be, that's fine. But no, we, we do need to help them, but we need to do it correctly. And I, I probably speak for the rest of the business owners and, and Chris and Andre going, you know what, we, we have no problems helping. We invest in our community because we live here. We, we pay those taxes because, I mean, well, yeah, we have to. But, I mean, it's, if it goes to good places, we've got no problems paying them. We just hate seeing, you know, our money go out the window and everything kind of go to waste when stuff isn't working. The communication to this, the citizens needs to be better, for sure. Um, like I said, there's not a 100% solution that's going to fix it all, but I think they can do better. Whether that starts with, uh, you know, I don't know what bill that was where they're just letting all the petty criminals off and not incarcerating them, bringing that back, uh, attacking the drug dealers a little bit heavier. 
making it easier for the police to you know to take down the drug dens. I, I don't know. I, I I've seen houses. I know they're 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 selling drugs and that stuff there. And the, and the police can't do anything about it because they have no proof. They say I, I don't I don't understand. But something needs to be done. And maybe if we start there. Uh, if they can't get access to the stuff, then I guess it'll be less of a less of an option for them to use, right? Um, and as far as I know, the needle exchanges, you're supposed to bring a needle back to get new ones. So maybe they stop giving out the new ones. I, that's probably going to force them to use old ones. So like I said, it's not a, it's not the best solution around, but we definitely aren't looking to ostracize them or come down on them. We just need a better way of making things work. That's right. So bring back our businesses and bring back our downtown and clean up the city and have our kids playing outside in the park without any worries. It's, it's nothing against them personally. It's just, hey, guys, we need to fix something. Dry Garnet says, uh, yes, PHU refers you to living space for needle pickup. When they miss half of the needles, then I would get called. Some land uh, landlords just stop calling them. Uh, thanks, Garnet, uh, for the comments. Yeah, there's a lot. It, it, you know, it, it's very... Um... It's very divided there, Mark. Uh, the real question is how many opiates have become so prevalent in this remote community and the world uh, long arm of the opiates producer. So, the, you know, the I think, you know, drug abuse has always been a significant issue in our community and we're not like any other communities. Uh, I'm originally from Thunder Bay and it's very rampant there, along with a lot of other issues in the community. A lot of similar things. And I think also, you know, you, you tag on COVID the last 13 months with isolation, lack of employ, employment opportunities, um, with keys, you know, de depression and, and, and stress and the issues just become worse. So, you know, I think we're going through a worse, you know, a worse bubble right now before we get better. But, you know, the, the question I would add, ask for, for Chris and then we'll ask Andre, you know, I can't speak for Jason, but I hope it like based on his communication plan where he says he's going to reach out to business owners. Um, and, um, you know, if you if, if I was Jason reaching out to you today saying, Chris, can we sit down and talk about potential solutions? Is this something you as a business owner would be willing to do? Oh, 100 percent. And uh, like I said at the start, we've reached out to him before and uh, really didn't get any answers to our questions. So uh -huh. if he if he was open for a discussion, I'm sure all of us would be glad to have an open discussion with him. Yeah. And I'll uh, I'll I'll check in on, on Andre there. I know he's having a little bit of audio feedback, but the same question for, for, for you, Andre, you know, if Jason in the living space team was to approach you, I know you have a, a business in the area where the, uh, you know, where the expansion is going to take place. If he approaches you, are you, would you be open to a discussion with him and uh, present some of your solutions to make things a little bit better for everyone involved? Doors open 24-7. Yeah. Come on in. And again, it's great to see him, you know, reaching out saying, yes, I'm going to reach out to the community, um, you know, providing green space. You know, it's it's going to be a better, you know, place, you know, is what, you know, they're hoping it's going to be down on uh, Spruce Stress South. But they, they, they have to take, you know, some of the some of the points that are happening now. And, uh, you know, things falling through the cracks and, you know, fill those cracks for uh, the Spruce South, you know, for for building owners, you know, in that area of the town. Um, if, 
you know, it, it's a burden to, to, to pay for these damages. If there was a program in place, let's say, uh, Chris, I'm going to ask you this right now. If there was a program in place, you know, where damages were happening to your building, instead of you paying out of the pocket, you know, maybe some of the programs from the government would, uh, you know, be pushed toward, uh, you know, tenants and uh, to the uh, the actual landlords, you know, would it ease it better? Obviously, you know, instead of paying it out of your pocket, uh, you know, maybe more government help in that situation. Well, of course, it would ease the ease the burden for sure. Um, like I said, we've we've had to do some pretty drastic things at our building, like build actual walls uh, in areas. And I mean, one of the walls last year cost us like twenty five thousand dollars to put up just to keep people away from a certain area that was covered on our building outside. So, yeah, it would help. Uh, I, I believe we, I don't know if we got all of Angie's comments. Sometimes we have limitations on StreamYard, but it's she, she's telling us it's really sad that we need to try to humanize human beings. You need to get help and support from other places. You can uh, you cannot get a solution without help. The war on drugs also does not work. People find a way to use. The reason people are dying is because we have a toxic drug supply because they stop people from getting medication. Medication, Just like when prohibition happened, people died because alcohol was toxic. It does not work. You need to help people by meeting them where they... And I'm sorry, Angie, it cuts off on our screen, but if we find the continuation... Um, we can play that, but you know, you can tell Angie's a big advocate for people who are suffering through, uh, mental health issues and addiction issues. And, and, and that, and that's a big voice that needs to be heard. Um, you, you can't get a solution just listening to one side of the fence. Okay. No. Can I touch on that? Yeah. So, so like I said, we, we, we rent to, um, the methadone clinic in Timmins in our mm -hmm. building, which is directly beside living space. The workers in that clinic have actually said, we wish that living space would send us people so that we can help them. Hmm. So there's help next door that living space can access to help these people get off of the street drugs that they're on hmm. and try to help them get off of it completely. But they're not even utilizing that. And it's right next door, 10 feet away. See, that could be frustrating. And again, I, and again, other avenues where, you know, different programs that are in place, maybe they can, uh, you know, visit, you know, that uh, that avenue. Obviously, things if they're if they haven't been working up until now, you know, why not try new things and, you know, implement uh, better, better places for people to, uh, you know, to 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 address these these issues uh, firsthand. He says uh, there's a lot of other agencies that won't partner because they are more concerned about stats. It's not living space as a, as an entity. It's the management of this establishment that's uh, causing the issue. Sonia. Yep. Sonia says uh, people are always saying help the addicts. Exactly. How am I supposed to help an addict? Compromise and share the locations. Two days on Cedars, two days on Spruce, two days at Project Love from Justin. So we are, we, you know, at the very least, there is some, um, you, you can't find a fix unless people suggest solutions. And, and I think, I, I know, guys, we could talk to you probably for about five, six hours about this, and we won't keep you on the stream that long. Um, we do have Cameron Fever here. I, I don't know if you heard about his awesome story, but he has a GoFundMe to develop a new uh, skate park there in Timmins. If 
This is a green screen picture obviously <laughs> behind me. I did not build this. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's his visual yeah. plan. So yeah, yeah, we're gonna be chatting with Cameron uh, shortly bring, there. So yeah, we want to bring Cameron on. We've had these guys on for an over an hour, but uh, we want to have them on, uh, you know, back soon. But uh, you know, we just want to thank you guys for coming on, speaking honestly, uh, speaking very intelligently and, and professional. We understand, you know, there's a high level of frustration here especially when you devoted your you know your life and your livelihood to a business and you see certain things happening that are affecting your livelihood but i thought you're all excellent tonight and we really you know we really appreciate all three of you joining us on the show and you're welcome back at any time and we hope next time you come on jason's with us he's it's an open invite for him that's right all right thanks guys well, thanks for having yeah. us thanks, yeah. thank, thank you, you so much We could have um, went on way longer with that, obviously, right, Kinsman? Yeah, such a such a touchy subject, and again, we're not opposed to you know helping out the homeless and the uh, the adequate situation here in the city. We're just trying to you know come to a common ground where we can you know better the situation. You know, obviously, it uh, I think it boils down to management. So you know, maybe you know we're just saying this. Obviously, Jason's not here to uh, defend himself. Uh, you know, in person, but you know, maybe he needs more help, and maybe maybe there's not enough help in the the, the government ranks to to provide for Jason to provide you know the added you know programs that are needed for you know communities such as Timmins. You know, there's a, a lot of people out there. Maybe maybe they're opposed to using. They, they don't want to use the services. You know, maybe uh, you know we we need to shine the bright uh, the light and uh, you know make it a little bit brighter at the end of the tunnel and. You know, hopefully the new space, you know, with the, the more beds accommodating, maybe they can, you know, sit down and tackle more, uh, more issues and uh, come up with uh, different solutions, better solutions. And again, if you're, uh, you know, willing to, you know, reach out to Jason, Jason says he's uh, willing to answer all questions. Again, uh, the living space uh, email for him was jason at livingspacehub.org. And again, questions related to this community engagement can be directed to Jason. And, you know, he's, you know, promising a better place. There's going to be green space, more lit alleyways. So let's hope that, uh, you know, things are going to progress, uh, you know, forward, uh, moving forward. It's going to be a, a nicer facility when it does move down there. But again, you know, we need to make things safer. And again, how do we do that? Is it more security? Again, Wait, are you giving me a seven-minute monologue here, or what? That's it. I... <laughs> you, 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 you know, I, as I said, I don't, I don't want to step on you. you. You obviously, you're absolutely right on track. Uh, once in a while, you got Levy peeking with a word, though, eh? I did get that email address up there pretty quick. Yeah, you did. <laughs> no, you, you, you're right on, man. And I know me and you have talked this to death. And, uh, you know, me and you are, are, are just two guys on a screen that come through people's Facebook a few times a week. But, um, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, we're good listeners and good people that can get people together to talk. And if that's our role to make a positive change, that will be our role. And we accept it. But right. I do want to talk with Cameron Peaver. We told him 745. It's past that. This kid is awesome. <laughs> I love it. He's 17. And he is a young entrepreneur that is going, he has a GoFundMe. Have you seen this set up? I've seen the GoFundMe and he's yeah. uh, picked up quite a bit of money so far for his what? vision. Here's his vision. You know, when I was a, a kid, it was putting baseball cards into the spokes and making them, uh, making the nice little sound while I'm driving down the street. He wants to put in a skateboard park 
in Timmins. So let's bring Cameron on and uh, chat about his dream and see if we can fulfill his dream. There's Cameron. Hey, guys. How, How you, you doing, doing Cameron? Yeah, doing good. Doing good. There he is. So, so I was talking with, uh, you know, Cameron today and I told him if this ever comes, you know, if, if this ever gets built, I'm going to learn how to skateboard or, or use a BMX. BMX. I can ski, but I, I can't do any of that. Uh, but I would love it. So, so, so tell us a little bit about the, uh, the, the, the backstory, Cameron, like what, what sort of gave you the first idea to put the GoFundMe around, uh, building the skate park? Well, uh, I just kind of thought of it one day and I like wrote an email to the mayor there. I was, I was just thinking like, he's not just going to build this for me. Like if I want something like this, I'd have to make a GoFundMe, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I just started that and within like 24 hours, we got like four grand. It's right. pretty crazy. Yeah. And now the price tag right now, you're you, you want to hit twenty five thousand dollars? I know there was a question on one of our, uh, I think on our uh, our Facebook page earlier today. Uh, do you, it, like, is it twenty five thousand dollars for the park? Do you need more? Is, is this just a, a kick in the can to get things started? What uh, what what what's the initial goal once you get uh, to the, you know, that twenty five grand mark? So the, the 25 grand, it's like, it's kind of just a start there. We're, we're hoping to get the support of like local businesses to like help us with that sort of thing. But we, 25 grand is a pretty good start, I think. Yeah, I think, you know? I think it's a, an excellent start. So you see, like, I'm obviously I'm working behind a green screen. I stole the uh, picture from here. You're yeah. going me. So like in your dreams, is this what the, you know, behind me, I could shuffle over. I know people have seen it through the GoFundMe, but is this your idea of what the new skate park would actually look like? Well, the, that picture is just a sample picture I got online okay. on the GoFundMe. Yeah. So I'm, I'm talking to a skate park designer right now through email. His name is uh, Roland Cote, the Ronald Cote, sorry. Okay. Uh, he, he's going to help me with the design, but it's not going to have a bowl like that picture does right there. Okay. And, and have you given any thoughts uh, sounds like you've given a lot of thought to this actually, but you know where a potential location would be. So uh, th there's already like sort of a skate park there. They call it. It's right by Pine Street there. Okay. Right across from the tennis courts, I think that'd be a great spot for it. Down Pine South, yeah. There. Would you go, Kinsman? You you embarrass yourself in front of these. <laughs> I don't even know if I. You know what? I don't even know if I. I've obviously been on a skateboard, but I haven't tried the skateboard at an actual skateboard park. You see the kids over, you know, in the Whitney Arena, you know, playing on the skateboard park. And again, that's uh, you know, looks like fun. I'd probably come out there with scraped knees, elbows. It. Uh, I'd be where I'd have to wear all the all the protective gear. I'll say right. about battered and bruised. But uh, this is uh, another reason why you want to bring one to Timmins because it's such a, a long commute for you, Cameron, to uh, to yeah. get to the Whitney Arena. How often are you there uh, in the summertime? How how often are Timmins kids at uh, the Whitney Park there? Well, uh, during the summer, there we'll bike over there like one or two times. We just go down like the back highway there, but it's it's way too far for us to bike. I think in like the thirty degree heat, you just can't do it. Yeah, there was a question online, Cameron. Uh, someone said, you know, you, you can't just walk into City Hall with twenty five grand and say, you know, here I, I want to buy a skate park. It'd be great if you hit that mark. Uh, we also understand you're working with, you know, someone in the city. Uh, can you can you tell us your ties uh, to one of the councils in the city who's who's going to help you with spearhead this or give you some advice for this? So I've been talking to uh, Kristen Murray. She's on the city council. She, mm -hmm. She's pretty into the idea of a skate park getting built here. So she, she's helping me with it. 
Okay, so you, you are working with someone from council because there has been a couple questions. I don't think the city has approved it yet, but you're working with no. someone from the city council in order to start the process, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's excellent. And if, if we donate and the city doesn't approve, what happens to the funds? And I, I believe, if you, if you don't know this answer, I think I do, with GoFundMe, if the project doesn't come to fruition, if it doesn't happen, then GoFundMe releases the funds back to the people who donated. Do, yeah. Do you know? yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what would happen. Yeah, yeah. There's a protection in the GoFundMe account. So, so, so tell me about the dedication of the name. Uh, this was a, a, a friend of yours that tragically lost his life? Yeah, uh, Riley Dushan. He died earlier this month. Oh, my yeah. God. We're, yeah. we're terribly sorry. And I, I assume he was uh, a fellow that liked to uh, – he would love a skate park. He's a BMXer. I'm not particularly. Like nope. he, He's a pretty lazy guy, honestly, but he, he was trying to get into it. Yeah. He's planning on buying a bike there. What, what, a, what an awesome thing to do for your friend. I wonder if, if Mark would ever dedicate anything to me, maybe a, a coffee a cup from, from Tim Horton. A coffee mug, <laughs> yeah. uh, a, a toupee to, to, to honor your, your baldness down the road. Yeah. But would you, would you, are you, say it comes to the plan where this is a, a approved, Cameron, would you, be involved in the design of the skate park like you have you seem like you know a lot about how these should look and what's the best way to to go like yeah is this something you'd be be involved with well it was something like that i would need guidance from like a professional yeah. like the, this ronald guy he'd help yeah. me with that but i got like ideas for like features and stuff that would be in the park is is twenty five thousand enough for funding? Is this for a concrete park? So, I don't think twenty five thousand is enough. But Cameron mentioned he you started to talk with other businesses in the community. Yeah. So, uh, DPLH Drilling they uh just today they uh, offered to donate seven hundred fifty dollars. Oh wow. Yeah, and they uh they said that they were going to challenge other businesses to do the same. Yeah. We should get Cameron to come work for us, Mark. He, he's a he's a go getter. <laughs> yeah, he's go getting uh, getting some cash. Yeah, it's great to see. What uh, what's the actual total at right now, Cameron? While I read uh, David Vacino's comment, he says, uh, "Fantastic idea, Cameron. This is something that the city needs. I hope that this gets done and that the city red tape does not discourage you from building this." So, uh, as of right now, we are at uh, five thousand three hundred thirty dollars. It's going up every day. So 20, 20 grand to go. And again, this is the stepping stone to get, you know, further steps into this plan because obviously there's going to be some zoning. You got to make sure everything's level, the concrete, the pouring and everything else. When, uh, w w when would you like to see this happen? Let's say the cash was there, um, you know, realistically looking at what, 2022, 2023? Uh, yeah, probably around there. I'm not really sure how long this would take, honestly, because I never built a skate park. So I don't really know. You're getting uh, around there. You're getting a lot of community support. So you like, uh, do you like, are you uh, finishing high school? Are you going to college? What, where are you at right now? Uh, right now I'm in grade 11. You're in grade I'm 11. trying to finish my high school right now. I'll well, figure all that stuff out after. Yeah. There's lots. I used to tell my parents yeah. tons of time and, and then I hit 40 <laughs> and ran out of time. But uh, where, where do you go to high school? Uh, Timmins High. All right, you're a Timmins high guy. So I, 
I, I think Cameron's going to be a, like a, a business developer in this. If you're at 17 and already raising significant funds and doing something awesome like this from the community yeah. and it's well thought out, I think, I think you're going to be okay there, Cameron. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's but, a great uh, initiative. Uh, Eric says the uh, design process would be minimum one year. Yeah. Christine also says, I just told my daughter and uh, she wants a skate park. So uh, good, uh, good, uh, good to hear the, the positive uh, feedback. Mandy, if everybody gave a little bit, we could make these kids all happy. That's right. You know, the population of Timmins, what, over 43,000 now? If we all gave a dollar, we'd have your, uh, we'd have your skate park by tomorrow, Cameron. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so how do people, I, I, I've seen, we've shared the post and I see it floating all over social media, but just for folks to know, um, uh, the GoFundMe is the pace is the place if you want to make a donation, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, unless you're like a business, then uh, you'd have to get into contact with uh, Kristen. With, with Kristen, okay. So yeah. it, if someone hasn't found the GoFundMe, and I'm getting a ton of questions today. Oh, Cameron's on the show. How do I get a hold of him? Um, are you, you who, who do they contact? Do you want them to contact you? Did you want to share some contact information or? Uh, what is the best way? Like, you don't have to share your phone number if you don't want to. But well, what if, if you wanted to get into contact with me, you can go on the GoFundMe and hit contact, and I'll give you my email. Okay, okay. perfect. Yeah, because we are getting some questions, and we'll get them in contact with you like that. So, I know Cameron doesn't want to sit with two old. That's two old guys here. <laughs> two, two, two old guys just wants to get his word out there. And yeah, you know the the, the skateboard park is is definitely uh, something to look forward to. And I really hope that you hit your goal. And, you know, people watching tonight, I hope they, uh, you know, we can all, you know, like we said, we can donate a dollar right now, each of us, and we could have your park, uh, you know, at least hit the $25,000 mark. And then with help from uh, Kristen from City Council, maybe she can, you know, get uh, get the ball rolling further once uh, they see that, oh boy, this uh, the, the, his kid Cameron is serious. Here's 25 Gs. Let's uh, let's look into getting the skateboard park going. Here's one uh, from Eric. If you need any help or advice, this is for you, Cameron. Uh, feel free to reach out uh, to Eric. And there's his email. So you'll be able to find that in the comment section. So I, I think, no, I know you will find a lot of people that are, uh, are going to be willing to help you out w with this venture because, uh, you know, there, there needs to be additional... Uh, ask your principal for a donation. <laughs> yeah. We uh, there, there there needs to be additional resources in the community for you know uh, you know fine young gentlemen like Cameron and 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 a park like because not we well, get a certain age you just can't go to Hollinger Park and and fly a kite and, and and go on the swings kinsmen like uh, these kids need something a little more orientated for their age and and this is amazing. We're very proud of you, my friend. Are we embarrassing you? you? But we are very proud of you. <laughs> no, you're not embarrassing me. <laughs> okay. No. I just, yeah, embarrass them all the time. So, <laughs> But um, thank you so much for joining us, Cameron, tonight. Awesome work. Thanks for uh, having me. I'm going to forward you through text some contact information that people that wanted to get a hold of you and uh, help out with this initiative. But anytime you need help promoting this, and if you have updates, come please come back on the show. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Certainly. Keep us up to date. Thanks, Cameron. Thank you so much. All right. Kinsman. There we go. He's uh
Pretty awesome, right? It's 17. Pretty awesome, kid. 17 again at 17. I was popping zits in the mirror, let alone trying to, you know, plan you know, a skateboard park. But good for him. You know, I, I hope the, the money comes in. And again, we'll uh, we'll post uh, the story. It's up on our Facebook page. You can get uh, in touch with Cameron. And uh, every dollar will help. He's over the five thousand dollar mark now, so uh, why not? Let's uh, let's see him get to the twenty five grand, and then we'll go to step two and see what uh, what planning we can get underway. Myra Myra says, "What great way for you to exercise, have fun, teach each other skateboard culture, so cool, and watch Olympics Canada skateboard team." That's right. And uh, Christa, Christine Dorian says, I'm in. Maybe I'll go and try so the kids can laugh at me. LOL. They'll be laughing at uh, myself too, Christine, so don't worry. Christina says, something positive for a change. Thanks, Cameron. And again, yeah, it's nice to see uh, some positive initiatives here in the city. Carol, uh, you should have Cameron back on as he uh, as he progresses with his project. Uh, a great idea. We we certainly will keep uh, tabs on Cameron. Gary says, have some benches made and have sponsors pay to have their name on them for those who uh, want to watch their kids skate. Another great idea from Gary. Yeah, community has a lot of great ideas. Well, what a night, Kinsman. A little bit of a, a, a different tone for us. Usually you and I are on the, the, the lighter side of life. You know, the biggest compliment that we get is when someone said I had a bad day. I turned you guys on and I got a few laughs and I forgot about some of the issues, but yeah. you know, the, the, the living space uh, debate has played, uh, you know, we've talked about it the last couple of days and we thought that it'd be very important for us to open up a discussion. Mm -hmm. We wish Jason could have been here. We respect his decision. Um, so if it felt one-sided, it was because we, tr we didn't have the other perspective, at least firsthand knowledge, but we appreciate everyone who commented, and especially our guests. I thought our guests were amazing, and um, uh, on the living space end, and of course Cameron, uh, just a wonderful way to wrap up the show. So, how do we close it out, Mister Kinsman? How do we close it out? Well, don't we have uh, some details on a new uh, a new contest which we're going to launch tonight? I almost, I almost forgot. See, yes, I, I good, good, good vibes. Uh, is a, a new promotion that we're going to kick off with Kins and Klomp Live. And our sponsor that is going to spearhead this is the cooperator, Sebastian Vermet. Yes. Cooperators Timmons, oh. the good vibes. You 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 have a little piece uh, put together yeah. for this. Yeah, let me show the video and then let me tell folks what they can win and how they can okay. win. Okay, let's do it. it <laughs> okay so that's a great uh, little piece and again yeah good vibes we're, we're we're essentially looking for the good vibes in the city i be it someone pays for your coffee uh you know you do something for someone uh in in the community we want to know about it and what do they win jamie for telling us all right yes exactly right so if someone does a, if you you can nominate someone or yourself hey nominate yourself if you wish if you did a good deed for someone you listen to someone, you put back the shopping carts, you clean your yard, you helped out a neighbor, you listen to a friend, whatever it may be, anything that's positive, comment on the post, the name of the person you're nominating, or if it's yourself, we'll know it's you, and what it was. And every Sunday for the next eight Sundays, we are going to draw one name to win a $50 gift certificate.
courtesy of Downtown Timmins. I love it. The Downtown Timmins BIA. We've got uh, eight $50 gift certificates. And again, we can't uh, do this without our sponsors. And uh, Sebastian Vermette said, uh, I'm all over this. So he's all over this uh, eight Sunday promotion. And yeah. uh, can't, uh, can't thank Sebastian and crew at uh, the Cooperators Timmins for putting in some good vibes on Kins and Klopp Live. I love it. Uh, well, guys, awesome show tonight. Thank you so much. Y you know that's the real brains behind Martin Peel, right? <laughs> that's right. You know that. His you other know. half there, yeah. Christina, always tuned in. Uh, Janice, I didn't finish my wine yet, LOL. <laughs> I'll look at this great message. How can I sponsor you? Well, we will reach out to you, Eric, right after the show. and uh, yeah, You certainly will. Give you that uh, information. Uh, Martin, I don't know. Does Martin do a nice deed or what? <laughs> I think uh, he, he puts a lot of good vibes in the city. Oh, yeah. You know, we, uh, we, we, we can open it up to everybody, including yes. businesses. Why not? Yeah, of course. Right. Martin, Martin wants to shop in downtown yeah. Timmins and the BIA, right? 50 bucks can go uh, a long way, yeah, especially right. in these uh, COVID times. You know, the $50 is going to go to a local business uh, in need of that uh, 50 bucks. Uh, Lori says, Jamie, how was your grocery experience yeah. last night? I saw Lori at Pick of the Crop, and yeah, um, yeah it was awesome, of course. It's this Pick of the Crop food. It's just amazing. Lori, Lori's the best. I told her that my son used to work there, Austin. Now, I told when he used to work there, he was a bit of a slacker kinsman, so I'm like, mm. and, but now he's straightened up a little bit. But Did, did uh, she remember him? Yeah, Lori knows everyone. If you can't work at Pick of the Crop, and Lori knows everything about you. That's right. So, she, she knows all the dirt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um we always learn so many great things listening to you guys. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. We appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate uh, uh, the viewers, our comments. Thank you. Yes. Businesses for uh, sponsoring our show. Uh, Carol says, uh, "Where do I send my nomination?" Well, we're we're going to make the post, and again, they can uh, they can comment yeah. on the post immediately <laughs> after this show. Yeah, we are going to put the uh, post up right after the show. We'll pin it to our page, and you can make the nominations for the first draw on Sunday, and. Natalie, I worked with Austin at Tim Hortons in the mall. <laughs> yeah, and my son still works at Tim Hortons uh, at the um, uh, Porcupine South End. The, 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 the South End location, yeah. yeah that's right. Um, Colin says, awesome show tonight, guys. Can't wait to see you guys back at the movies when things get more normal. Yes, 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 yes. Gina Faka and all the crew at Imagine Cinemas. Love them. Yeah, can't wait to get back in there and start giving away our movie passes again. We love Gina. We love Colin. We love the whole team there. They've been nothing but awesome to us. We do a pre-show there. Uh, they donate movie passes uh, when the theaters open every Thursday. They're amazing, and they're uh, you know they're doing some major renos there again. Um, yeah, so we love them. We can't wait to see you again. Also, uh, Colin, the new manager over there, Kinsman, he got a big promotion. Did you know that? <laughs> Did he get a, a new yeah. promo? So good stuff. Congratulations. <laughs> I don't know, know these things. <laughs> um, yeah, Justin right. says this was a great one. Thanks so much, Justin, for tuning in. Great show as always, guys. That's from Gary. Love your shows. You're both doing an awesome job. Thanks so much, Christina. We, uh, we love your comments. Uh, Will says, first time tuning in because of the issues, but believe, uh, but believe I may tune in more regularly. Thanks for the great show. Thanks for commenting tonight, Will. We uh, appreciate it. Sherry says, awesome show tonight, guys. We love uh, Sherry. Colin, thanks, guys. And, yes. Uh, we, we thank Colin and uh, all, all the amazing comments coming through. All right. On the threads. I, I can't read anymore, Kinsman. Your head will explode. <laughs> <laughs> it will. So, so many comments uh, tonight. Uh, just uh, uh, 
just an amazing, uh, you know, comment panel. Our, our our viewers out there. Yeah, we we love Keep them all. The comments lit. Without our sponsors, Pads K9 Protection and Detection Services, the Surge, Timmins RV, and everyone who watches the show, uh, we would have nothing. So we love and thank you all. All right, Kinsman, you say goodnight to everyone. We've kept them on for an hour and 28 minutes now. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. And again, Kinsman Klopp Live. We are Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays right here. And we'll see you Thursday night.